we had the great fortune to have His Holiness the Dalai Lama visit in April 19th and 20th in Michigan, giving, sharing his experience. And that is not only an actualizing compassion and love and generosity, but it is really uh, um, the personality of the person himself is actually compassion, and he is uh, a wisdom, he is a compassion, and um, and uh, he not only inspired people, when we meet people, he make everybody happy, which makes, uh, which makes, which means he makes the people to forget their difficulties and their problems. And uh, somehow we've been able to write on his joy. And uh, no matter how many days he spends, so we'll be writing on his joy all the time. So, but, you know, and I also thought, uh, we thought, because whatever he shared, although it's two days, um, but the, the point that what he brings the message, which is the engaging ourselves in the wisdom and the compassion, which is the ultimate true wisdom and the compassion of the Buddha, which in other words is a 2600 years old wisdom and the compassion, which is absolutely relevant in our life even today. Absolutely. More than usual because of the situation, because of the conditions. So, so we thought, his spirit, his idea, his blessing, and uh, his message, and which happens to be the Buddhas. So we bring them here and uh, reminding ourselves and uh, try to have that spirit of the love, spirit of the compassion and the wisdom apply in our lives so that sufferings and the pains in our life may become a little easier. And also when the idea is to bring His Holiness here in Michigan, since He brings joy and happiness, so we need to improve our mood. And we need to... <laughs> On the other hand, we can't blame people because of the present economic and um, militarization of the situation. Uh, well, it's not really militarizing, but uh, but um, a lot of hatred uh, situation that have in this country. And uh, if we bring that joy and happiness, which will change our mood and thereby we'll be able to improve even our uh, economic stands better. So we thought it will may contribute not only in the spiritual, but even in our material world. So we really had a wonderful week with His Holiness. And the essence of um, the activities of a great person like Dalai Lama is uh, 
all among all his activities the most important activity is the the speech talk teachings activities through the word and that is the sharing his experience so it boil down to compassion and wisdom nothing more nothing less no matter how sophisticated complicated difficult it might have gone his holiness is his holiness extremely humble person his holiness with his quality and knowledge he don't have to do anything just simply can sit there and talk but he always give a message to us saying that whatever you teach whatever you share it must be authentic that's why he tried to keep a book in hand although he has so much of everything uh, as i said earlier he is the wisdom he himself is the uh, compassion and he is the combination but even then he really depends on earlier authentic a buddhist both indian and the tibetan earlier masters so what he had here is the nagarjuna's and this is the book at that time what he taught the nagarjuna's is is uh, 600 years after buddha and uh, his thoughts and ideas little booklet and the tsongkhapa the founder of the yellow head said in tibet 1347 to 1419 and his prayers to buddha and he kept that as the basis of his talk for two days so he doesn't have to keep a basis but why did he do making sure whatever he is sharing with the people it is authentic when it is authentic it make a difference to the people's life when it is not an authentic then you never know where it comes from and what it is uh, so that is a, that is the traditional early um, great teachers whether you look in the hindu or hinduism or buddhism or any early asian teachings wherever you look they always comes out of early or reliable authentic teachings because they don't just buy somebody's good ideas good thought simply and um, i have no knowledge of a judeo christian tradition so i can't say anything however you know when i look at it when i see it in the culture and when in the churches there's always uh, it's a traditional old system they're always looking in the bible or some book earlier reliable books and they look into certain chapters certain words the priest explains that am i right or wrong got it no no but that's what i saw it 
Every time, whenever there's open certain day, so and so, chapter this, verse this, and all that, and they walk around. At least what I see, the tele, televangelists on television, they always have some book and walking around. So, which means it's the great traditions, uh, and uh, making sure it is. You know, there's a reason behind. The reason behind is this. The spiritual part is uh, some little unknown to us. When it is unknown to us, there's a very danger, big danger of misleading a people. So you don't want mislead people. If you are following the traditional great ones who had proved again and again and again by themselves, their teachers, their disciples, by doing that made a difference. Not only made a difference, they get themselves, the bastard ones, liberated, become a Buddha and all that. And at the end, uh, even you don't get there, at least you are free from the sufferings. Even if it's not there, at least you'll be better, happier, and a better human being. And all these are tested and proved. And uh, that's just the reason why a why person like His Holiness holds on traditional teachings and based on that what he is talking and uh, so you know why spiritual part is unknown and anyone can talk anything it happens in this country fortunately or unfortunately I don't know <laughs> whatever it is but uh, there is nothing really say it if you follow this and that will help you, help, help us, help improve our life, personality. We need that. Otherwise, we're spending so much time. Once we follow the path, we spend a lot of time on it, with or without realizing. The time which we don't have it. You know, I mean, we are struggling for time. Everything, everybody. The biggest normal usual thing, what do we say is, I have no time, right? We're all struggling for time, for sure. But when you pick up the spiritual part, whatever it is, you spend time reading about it, thinking about it, saying about it, meditating about it. So therefore, for it becomes very costly, even though you're not paying anything out of your pocket, but it's still time-wise. And it's not right to waste people's time. That's why authenticity is extremely important. At least where I come from, the tradition that where I come from. So that is important. That's why His Holiness did it. Always does. Always. So, in the essence of it, the teaching what His Holiness gives is two days. But if you're really going to give a detailed talk on this two little, two little booklets together, uh, it's a sort of a weeks and month long work. 
However, you know, his teaching, whatever he gave is uh, two days. And uh, that essence, we try to bring it one hour here. So, so better not talk <laughs> too long. But it boils down to, as I said, compassion and love. The moment when we say compassion, um, I think there's a, there's a little difference. Actually, Tibetan Buddhist follower and um, Tibetan Buddhist, we say we are Mahayana Buddhist and we are very proud of it. But the reason why we are proud of being a Mahayana Buddhist is because of we think love and compassion. Especially love and compassion is the essence of the Mahayana and more than other uh, Buddhist traditions. And that's why Mahayana people say we are very proud, we are great. We, actually the word Maha, traditional Sanskrit language, is a huge, large, and a stronger and a heavier vehicle. And, and then the other vehicle we call it sub-liberation, or sort of a smaller, narrow, and individual, narrow-minded. But that is how we used to think, and that's how it used to be said, and I was taught in that manner as a kid. And so I came, up, came out with the idea that love, compassion is the one we know, and so no matter wherever. But when you really look at it, every great tradition, not only the Buddhist today, other traditions, but also this uh, Hindu and any other tradition, today Christian tradition, everyone has a love and a compassion as an essence in that. I mean, it's a Christian teachings tells you if you are engaging in some activities of helping others, if they slap you at the right chick, turn the left chick and take it again, right? That's what you say. And uh, tradition. And then, but, the thing is this, when I look carefully, when we talk about the compassion, and the understanding of the compassion in the normal sense, normal American language sense, and understanding what the Buddha emphasized is slightly different. I like to point that out. In our normal senses, the moment we say compassion, we see people suffering, or people or whatever, the creature suffering. Tremendous pain suffering people go through. It is not a joke what's happening today, you know. It's really terrible. Um, Iraq may be a little better, but the reality is, you know, every morning we don't hear this much people get killed. Uh, you know, there were time, about a year or two years, every morning you wake up, turn the NPR, the first thing you hear, today, 40 people killed, 30 people killed, of our boys. You hear that every day, for a while. Today, at least we don't hear that. Maybe a little improvement. However, and then you look what's happening in the world. Look in China. There's a horrible earthquake. I mean, really, 
terrible. It's a 60, 70,000 people lost a life, right? And the millions of them are dislocated. And hopefully that a dam, that water doesn't get burst. If it did, another two to five million people going to be dislocated. And I'll never know how many lives going to go. It is horrible and sad indeed. And look in Burma. What's happening with the water problem? Plus, this terrible dictator doesn't let the people help. I mean, it's really crazy. Crazy. Absolutely. You know, people are going there. The, you know, the Americans and, uh, and others are going there with the food and medicine and doctor. Not, not like we're going to Iraq with the guns and dollars, but here you're going with the food and cloth and medicine, and they just don't let you give to the people. Really crazy. But that's how people suffer. On the other hand, on the other hand, these uh, dictators think they have their own little, whatever the reason they have, crazy reason. And, uh, but then, actually their own people are suffering, not getting it. And that doesn't end, they are looking at Africa, what's happening. So much pains and the suffering in the world. From that point of view, we're in the United States, is free of suffering. Looks like it. But we are not. We also have a tremendous amount of individual and uh, collective sufferings and pains that we go through. Physical, emotional, and mental. Tremendous we go through. So looking at those and feeling it and wanted to do something, wanted to make a difference is the general compassion that we understand and we are all engaged. These people such as yourself are kind person, extremely kind person. We forget our difficulties. When they see the other's difficulties, we would like to go out of our way to help whatever we could. It's a great. And I am, I always said this, I am the, I was the other end of a recipient of the kindness of a people. When I came out of Tibet in 1959, literally, came out with nothing, no food, no cloth, nothing. Penniless refugee in Indian territory. The first and foremost what I got it is the relief that the Western people have given. The medicine, 
food and the cloth. I received a big pajama which doesn't fit me. Must be somebody who is 11 something foot tall's pajama. Doesn't fit me at all. However, it is something to wear. You know, when you have nothing, you can roll the things up and down. You can walk around. And that is a, that's a great when you're receiving, when you have nothing there. The first thing I still remember, I received two little red, red pills. I don't know whatever it is, maybe a vitamin, maybe it's anti-malaria or whatever it is. When you're walking through the mountain and there's, there are the people standing there and giving two pills to everybody. So whatever it is, you're taking it. <laughs> so I received those. And that's just, from that angle, it's just fantastic when you have nothing, even though the pajamas doesn't, I got some kind of blue takuai, whatever it is, you know. So doesn't fit or whatever, doesn't matter. You have something to wear. And from that point of view, something to eat, something to wear is a fantastic. So that's why people are kind and wonderful and go out. But when Buddha and Dalai Lama and all these are talking about uh, compassion. It's talking slightly um, different, different than this. And this is compassion, not only looking at other people and the feeling and the serving, but also looking inwardly to ourselves, within ourselves, slowly looking inside and to see what is my situation, how I am. And can I develop compassion to myself? What can I do for me to help me? This becomes essence of a spiritual path that the Buddha shared. Not only the compassion looking out, compassion looking inwardly. I'm not saying forget about compassion looking outside. I'm saying it's a great Keep it. Plus, try to see compassion inside. Looking at ourselves, looking in our own situation, seeing and our own difficulties, mental, physical, emotional difficulties. Recognizing them, acknowledging them. If you don't recognize, you're not going to do anything. If you deny, you're giving, um, you're, you're, you're depriving opportunity to help yourself. Recognizing that will give opportunity for us to do something. The question comes, my difficulties, my suffering, my Emotional difficulties, physical difficulties, karmic difficulties, all of them. What is it? Is it that somebody else made that and put it on me? Or is it sometimes people misunderstand, saying it's my karma. By using a word karma, 
we think sometimes we can do nothing because it's my karma, so I have to bear it. Sometimes we think that. But the Buddha keeps on telling us that's not true. That's not true. Karma we created. However, also we are responsible. However, we are capable of do and undo things. Because we are human beings. We have the great intelligence. We have a great capability. We do have experience of great earlier masters, one after the another, from in all the different traditions. So we, as a human being, is capable of making difference to ourselves. That was Buddha shared with us 2,600 years ago. And the millions of people thereafter, followers of the Buddha, both in East and West, both in East and West, followed and made difference to their lives. And we can do the same thing. But before we do anything, there is the need for us to do that or not. And that calls compassion for ourselves. Especially when we have difficulties and when you think, oh, that's my difficulty, I have to learn how to live with this. Very often happens in our culture, in our society. In a way, it may be true due to certain limitations. But on the other hand, on the other hand, it is not true at all. We can definitely make a difference to our life by ourselves. As a matter of fact, if we don't care for ourselves, who else is going to care? That is important. So we must care for ourselves. Have a compassion for ourselves. Compassion is nothing more than caring and bringing love. The essence of love is caring and appreciation combined together. So when you can't develop that for yourself, then we will come down to the point, you know, the sunrise, sunset, day goes, night comes, night goes, day comes, week goes, month goes, year goes, oh, I'm too old. That happens. So which Buddha likes to call it, waste of life. Maybe you made a lot of money <laughs> in the meanwhile, but that's not going to go that far. You, we all know. We all know. Day we leave this world, we leave everything else. Everything. 
even our own physical body. I'm sorry, I'm with the background of reincarnation. So I never thought when I'm died, it's all ended. I never think that. So we as a people, we as an individual, have a much longer, much lengthier than from birth to death. Birth to death is a section of our life. I should say lives. It is a segment. We continue. We continue. We don't disappear. For me, death is nothing more than separation of our soul and the physical identity, the body. I call this physical identity. Just separation. Then we get new identity. Continue. The earlier great teachers have said, sometimes the old physical body in the morning will change a young, beautiful little baby in the evening. And don't forget, each and every one of us have that opportunity. Honestly speaking to you. Sometimes it's not so easy to say it because I never know whether people are going to like it or not. A truly speaking is a never end. Never end. People, the soul, consciousness, as a Buddhist I should say, consciousness rather than soul. But, you know, it's a continue. It's a continue. Suffering and joy will continue. So, you know, even in the, I don't know whether the Judeo-Christian tradition say it or not, I thought they do. The old soul are old souls anyway. Nothing new. It is continuing. We happen to be here at this moment, is this situation, with a great opportunity, with a great intelligence, with a great method that valuable to make a difference to our lives, not only one life, but the lives thereafter, where we make a difference, where we can help ourselves, where we can end our sufferings and pain and begin to gain the joy that never known sufferings. And that opportunity is right in front. And that message, that opportunity is, you know, experienced by Buddha and many great masters. And that's what the Dalai Lama brought here in Michigan. And that's what we continuously try to bring that to ourselves.
That requires our own determination. Our own determination. We gain our determination if you have a compassion for yourself. If you don't have the compassion, well, sun rises, sun sets, day goes, night comes, night goes. It must be nine o'clock, Larry King is showing. So that's, that, that is how, you know, we waste our life. Be mindfulness of what's happening in our life. Have a compassion for yourself. Make a difference to your lives. That is the human quality, human value. Each and every one of us are capable of doing this. Simply you need little encouragement. Simply you need little bit of efforts. Efforts that helping yourself. A great opportunity. Really. According to the Buddha's teaching, according to the, my background, we have different lives many times, but not like this. Fantastic. Understanding. Capable of communicating. Capable of making difference to ourselves, whatever the way you want it to. If you waste that, big waste. Big waste. When you have something, you make a big difference in your own hand, and you let that go, and hopefully something will happen next time. That sounds a little funny. Sounds a little funny. So right now, Right now, right this moment, you can make a difference. Have a compassion for yourself. Caring yourself. Understand where the suffering is coming from. It's not a mystery where the sufferings are really coming from. Not from outside. Neither the God made the suffering and gave it to me. No, I don't think so. If that's true, God doesn't have compassion. It won't work. So it is ourself. My sufferings are nothing but my own deeds. I created my sufferings. Nobody else. You did not make my suffering unless you be squeeze me so strong. And then I'm then you may be giving me pain. Other than that, no nothing else. <laughs> when you give me a massage, if you give me so strong then I may get pain. That you may be created. Other than that 
No one makes suffering of others and imposed on anybody. Nothing. It's our own. Interesting karma is, in a way, it's a mystery. A lot of people heard about the karma. It's nothing difficulty. It is the cause and effect. Whatever we created the cause, we have an effect. In my case, it is very interesting. I'm terrible, a brutal diabetic. For many years, I am. And I got to be. Because I used to eat so much sweet. I used to love sweet. Even in back in Tibet, when I was a kid, eight, nine, ten, I had those raw candies chewing all the time at the night because daytime, the daytime the teachers will not allow, right? So I hide them at the night. I put them in my mouth in bed. Nobody will see me, right? Except in the morning when I woke up, all the blankets are stuck against my face. <laughs> And that is day after day. And then I still continued to love this uh, sweet. In India, I as a refugee, and you don't get much sweet to get it. Sometimes occasionally you see donuts. And that is a big treat. You can go and buy in Oberoi Hotel. <laughs> it is expensive occasionally. And when I got in this country in 1986, 87, and there are a lot of donors available, Amy Joyce donors, I used to buy them and eat them a dozen at a time, you know. <laughs> so if you don't become diabetic, who else is going to be diabetic, right? So eating, you know, dozen of Amy Joyce donuts at a time, honestly. So it's a cause and effects. Is I'm just giving you as an example. So much sugar, diabetic. But nobody give me judgment, saying that you should be diabetic, you know, and then I become diabetic. No, it doesn't. Because I had so much sweet, become diabetic. And that is karma. That is cause and effect. The cause is the image of its donors, and the result is the diabetic. I hope this image of don't sue me by saying that. <laughs> so this is just a simple example. Just like that, we heard someone. As a result, we get hurt. Not necessarily that person will hurt you, but we get hurt. So we kill someone. Police doesn't know. The law doesn't know. We, we thought we get God away. No, we're going to pay it. Karmically. Not only, not only we're going to pay it, we're going to pay a lot. Lot. Because you know what happens is, is when you're creating some negative actions and you developed some liking 
what do we call it, addictions. People who kill, they would like to kill more. Not only this life, future life too. What happens is if you look at the child, a child, they are, if, you have, if you look at two or three different innocent kids together, one of them is always like to hit and kill insects. One of them will like to treat the insects, feed them and do whatever. And nobody taught them. They're just an innocent child equals. Nobody taught them. Whether they brought them. They brought them from their previous life. So this is what happens. So if you have a compassion to yourself, how and the way to help you is try not to hurt anyone, including yourself. Don't eat so many Amy Joyce donuts. It's too late for me to tell to myself. Although, at those days, a lot of people around me told me, but I never heard. It never went in. It came through here, went out there, never went down. I still used to say those days, what is wrong with the good old American Twinkie? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so nothing else wrong with good old American Twinkie, but I became tired that day. <laughs> And that is the result. So don't hurt not only the others, don't hurt yourself. And when you stop hurting and maintaining, not hurting, maintaining the morality of not hurting, and that is the creation of good karma. Not necessarily has to be Buddhist. Not necessarily has to be Eastern religion's followers. Doesn't matter whoever, whatever you're following. As long as it is great tradition. Tradition that doesn't hurt people. Tradition doesn't think hurting other people has no problem. As long as you're not following any tradition you're following, it's okay. But the most important thing is have a compassion. Stop hurting people, including yourself. That is the most important thing. That is a wisdom. If you hurt yourself, then no matter whatever it is, even you may have great motivation, even then, action of hurting itself is negative, they will have negative consequences. So that is how Buddha tells us, our life is in our own hand, nobody else's hand, because we make a difference in our life, not anybody else. Not the Buddha, not the Dalai Lama, nobody else. 
I make a difference in my life. And by making difference in my life, I will also make difference to society. When I'm improving myself, when I'm helping myself, that gives me opportunity to help my spouse, my family. Two ways, by watching at you, as well as by expressing, by working together. And that is how we improve our lives. That is how society gets improved. Because society is actually nothing but collection of individuals. When you are making the difference to the individual, you make different to the society. When you make a difference to the society, you make a difference to the country, mankind. That is how you bring joy and happiness with all living beings. It begins with the individual. Good old American saying, charity begins at home. Compassion begins with the self, with the individuals. Thereby expanded to the family. And whatever, county and city and state and country and a whole human being whole mankind and each and every one of us makes a difference to all mankind and the way you do is begin with us that was the Buddha shared with us 2600 years ago and that followed by so many people and that made a difference to so many lives the non-violence movement that Gandhi used it so much. And the Tolstoy, right? And the Rabindranath Tagore and Dr. King. Past, present and future at Gandhi's time. Thereafter, so many great people have used that. Not necessarily they are called Buddhists. There is Eastern and Western idea and it makes a huge difference to the millions of people's life. The non-violence. And that is also coming from Buddha. and the great traditions in the West as well. Principle of the non-violence is because you don't hurt, violence hurts. Non-violence doesn't hurt. It is based on the karmic principle. Based on the virtuous action. Based on compassion and a great wisdom. Can you imagine a Gandhi 
just a poor Indian guy who just robbed in the little piece of cloth called saro or dhoti and with a goat together challenging the great British Empire. Those of us old enough will remember sun never sat on the crown of England. Remember? Or oh, east side the sunshine, the, when that goes down the west side sunshine, sun is always shining on the crown of England. And that was challenged by a simple Indian guy with the sandals in the, and with little goat and sandals and wrapping round little cloth on the body. Non-violence. It is the principle of not hurting, principle of compassion, principle of caring, made so much difference in our life today. So many. And it will still make a difference. That's what I began. I said 2600 years old wisdom making it much relevant in our life today, more relevant than before. That is the Buddha's wisdom. That's what we have. We should enjoy. We should take that. And that is how we help ourselves. I don't want to take you away from that beautiful sunshine outside so much. And... Um, you should enjoy your life as well. And as I say, you know, you should have a compassion. You should be helping yourself. At the same time, you should enjoy your life. If you cannot enjoy your life by yourself, the suffering will be, others will give you anyway. <laughs> so give yourself joy true. And that's how we should work. And I believe this is the essence of the message. And thank you. And if you have any questions, I'll be happy to answer. But don't think I have answers. Honestly. We are all students in this together. Thank you. Yes. What about the fine line between compassion towards ourselves and selfishness? Very important question. The question says, what is the fine line between compassion to ourselves and the selfishness? To be honest with you, bottom line, if you make yourself is more important than anybody else, and that is your crossing the line and becoming selfish. And if you make yourself important, and uh, not necessarily important than the others. I think that's where you stand. Very straightforward bottom line. You know, it's important. You know, a lot of people think compassion is something that you have to ignore. The compassion does not make you the drawmate of others. If you become the drawmate, there's a terrible consequences. You will lose compassion too. 
After a little while, you cannot take it. You say, I had enough. Get out of my bag. <laughs> so when that comes to that level, it's gone too far. So therefore, you are important, but not more important than the others. Equally important. Thank you. Yes, lady. In your um, belief of reincarnation, um, is it always that you come back as a human? Not necessarily, I wish it's true. The question is, in your belief as reincarnation, would you come back always as a human beings? And no. I was told as a kid, if you are not careful, uh, today maybe nice little young man, but tomorrow you can be one-eyed yak up in the Himalayas eating the halfway through the mountain. I'm glad you asked me in your belief. So that is the belief. But if you tell me to prove it, then I'm in a problem. <laughs> yes. The question is Pardo. Pardo is a, a Buddhist term, Tibetan Buddhist terminology. It's called a stage in between. That is stage in between the death and the rebirth. So the question is, uh, your motivations and the choice at that time, does that make a difference to your future life? My understanding is this. When you reach to the Pardo level, it might be already getting slightly too late. What makes a difference is now, right this moment, right this life, this life is, and in my book I mentioned very clearly, good life brings good death, that brings good life again. So the making the difference in your next life is now, not at that time, now. Generally being kind, compassionate. You know one thing, whether you look at East or the West tradition, the honesty, ethical, caring, compassionate is the fundamental principles wherever you look. Look at Judeo-Christian tradition, Hindu, Buddhist, wherever you look, it is. So maintaining that properly, and that makes a difference in future life. Compassion makes difference. Love makes difference. Motivations make a difference. Purification makes a difference. Collection of good karma makes a difference. And each and every one of them makes difference. But process and procedures are supposed to be, I mean, it goes through. One doesn't change much. But at the same time, at the time of the 
ending of this life, at the time of the death, if the mind, if not occupied by negative emotions, such as hatred, anger, and negative regret, instead, mind is occupied by love, compassion, faith, positive looking forward makes a hell of a difference because mind itself is I always give example mind is not tangible has no color no shape however given example like a clean clear crystal lamp shade then emotions are like light bulbs if you have faith compassion that makes the lampshade is good one, like a whatever, blue color or yellow, whatever you like. And the anger, hatred, even negative regret, all of them make it look like a red, whatever, a light, like a red light bulb. And that external lampshade look like red the influence of emotions changes the mind. Emotions are like light bulbs. The mind's like the lampshade. That changes. And that influences whatever you are connecting your karma. That influences what the next life going to be. At the time of going, is a different. Persons that I have seen, including Allen Ginsberg, are so careful, although Allen had a stroke, unable to communicate, but are so careful at the time of going Try to make sure everything is become positive around. Even he know he's going to die, he change everything into celebration rather than mourning and uh, and uh, making noise and what. Instead of long face made into a big smile gala festival type because I wanted to bring very positive uh, impact in his life. He always says I don't know there's a future life but if there is a one I don't want to be the loser. <laughs> Honestly that's what he says so he'll try to make that and that's how he left. And that is not something like a great Tibetan Lama did this and that, or great Indian yogi and sadhu did this and that. This is just a normal Jewish guy living in Manhattan, and so a wonderful, great, crazy life that he had, and short that was, and that is a big message for us. 
how we can make a difference. Thank you for the question. Yes, lady. Idea is this. Whether it is a negative deed or positive deed, whatever it may be, it is impermanent. It is not a permanent, impermanent. Since it is impermanent, since it is impermanent, it is changeable. Who can change ourselves? Nobody else. And that's why this is the essence of the wisdom, is interdependent rising. Whatever becomes existence is interdependent. Not a solid, but interdependent. Interdependent means cause and conditions. I provide cause and conditions of my events in my life. And that is where purification plays. Yes, lady. How is God defined in Buddhism? In Buddhism, it's very interesting. We look at Buddha as God. As we look as Krishna, or as we look as Hanuman, or as we look at Ishwa, Buddha as God. Representing. No difference. That is Buddhism. Theoretical point of view. I think Buddhism has so many gods. It is a problem with Buddhism. Honestly. One more? Okay. Sure. Isn't God really in all the religions and Hinduism, Buddhism, the moment you get in theoretical point of view, then it is a theoretical. Whatever. I don't want to bother that because uh, and that is a philosophical and uh, theologist. They have that their problem they have to solve. Uh, for me, for, for me, for us, and we have to worry what's going to happen to us, what we wanted to do, and it's more practical. And so, whether it is a multiple God, or, or, or is it a single God, or, or whatever it is, the highest consciousness, higher soul is higher soul, that's it, for me. Thank you.